Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thundercast. I'm Anthony Colasuno. Alongside Chevy and Seth. And guys, got a lot of SU athletics this previous week. Also, this upcoming week, basketball's in full swing. Uh, let's get into the sports. All right, I think we're going to start it off with SU Volleyball, who played their last two home games um, last Week on Thursday, uh, the third, they took on the Grand Canyon Lopes, hoping to get a win here, uh, to move into the uh qualification for the WAC uh playoff tournament. But it didn't go quite the plan. The Thunderbirds lost three sets to zero. Really tough outing. Grand Canyon's really sneaky good and has played a lot of tight, uh, contested matches against um. A bunch of the teams in the conference and their record kind of didn't show um, who they really were. Um, but uh, the Thunderbirds rebounded on Saturday with a three to two five set, just dramatic duel of a win over California Baptists on senior night. Um, crazy, uh, crazy game. I don't know if you guys were there or not. We had. Career highs from Mackenzie Templeton, who's just an animal, and senior Reagan Beeson. Templeton had 29 kills. Like, wow. Um, And I believe Beeson had 17 of her own. So they both just really... 16, excuse me. They both just really uh, controlled it for us. Beeson also had five blocks... And Sarah Gasper added on 19 digs. Really, really cool win. Um, the atmosphere was just crazy there on senior night. And with that win, I believe it moves us. We're in sixth place. We're currently. in sixth place in the WAC conference. Um, the top eight teams do go. We're, we're pretty sure, but not all the way sure, that we're in the WAC yeah. tournament. Yeah. Um, the two teams behind SUU are New Mexico State and Cal Baptist and eight in eighth. Um, New Mexico State has um, the Thunderbirds have the edge over New Mexico State and they have the win over Cal Baptist after this last weekend, so they should be in, but not sure about that at all. But just a very, very uh, exciting weekend for SU volleyball, and they have. Um, two more games left to play, but they're looking good going into the tournament. Yeah, and you know, to add on to that, you know, SU is seven and fourteen on the season, one and six. I mean, six and six, not one and six, six and six in conference play, and it's just huge because if you do that math, they were one and eight to start the season, and now they're five hundred conference play. That's just cool. Whenever a team, you know, because usually when a team starts on the wrong note in the start of the season. It's just kind of like, oh, well, we'll try again next year, that type of vibe. And this team has just never quit and, you know, has shown it. Right now, it looks like they are going to qualify for the WAC tournament, which is huge because it will be the first, you know, within the top eight seeds because, you know, that's how volleyball is set up in this conference that qualify, qualify for the conference tournament will be the first team to actually qualify for a conference tournament in the WAC. Yeah, completely agree. 
Um, they've just been so consistent in really the last two months. Yeah, basically starting around October, it seems um, like they picked it they up. They kind of picked it up, and they've just been rolling there. They've had some setbacks in between there, um, but they've been rolling. Um, the two remaining games in the regular season uh, for the Thunderbirds are Stephen F. Austin um, this Thursday and UT Arlington. On uh, Saturday, um, so two very tough teams with those two teams being near the top of the WAC conference, but they're still doing very well um, heading into um, the WAC. <coughs> yeah, so I, th- like you said, basically recapping it all, I think October, like the month of October, really picked it up for them. Remember, they won like three out of their last five the last time we we're talking about them, and. It's just been big, and like you said, Anthony too. They started what one and seven? You said yeah, one and eight. One and eight yeah. in the season. Just to turn it around like that's pretty big for the team, and it's hard to come back from starting a season like that too. Oh yeah, you know, and you know, going back to what I said, you know, whenever a team starts that, you know, I played you know AAU basketball growing up, and you know, one time my team was zero and six in their first six games, and it was like. Well, I guess the season's toast, guys. And you know, our coach is like, "Don't give up. Don't give up. Keep, keep trying to roll. Keep trying to you know get the wins." So it's just huge for this team, and we can we've definitely seen over the course season of them just gelling together and becoming more of a unit every single game. You know, some of the games I've watched from the beginning of the season, it, you know, they were a little bit disoriented, and you know, the last game I watched. Everyone was just rolling. Everyone was communicating on the floor, and you know some of the points they scored was just so crisp and so clean through the passes they were setting up. So we should uh, head over to football. It's kind of been a tough part of the season for us. We uh, dropped another game to Utah Tech for their homecoming weekend in St. George this uh, last Saturday. Both teams are now three and six. We're one and four in conference, though, and they're two and three, so they get the edge. And I believe they're one position ahead of us in the yeah. whack right now. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and you know that game. It's it's one of those things where you know you kind of see the NFL one one split between division foes or anything like that. So you know we get one, they get one. You know, you know. Granted, it'll been better to sweep them. I see Seth's face over here, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no one's okay with this, with Utah Tech beating us, and I'm not okay with it either. I'm just bitter. But it, all of us are bitter when we saw the final score mm-hmm. line. Um, but, you know, Trailblazers will come back for the ballot, Battle Axe next year. You better be ready. Um, we're coming for that trophy again. But, you know, it's just... It's also one of those learning games for SUU because we've been talking about all our classes and we got some football players in one of our classes and we've been kind of talking about like, oh, Utah Tech's not good, not good. And it's just, it, it can also be one of those humbling games for us that, you know, never underestimate an opponent whatsoever. For sure. Um, yeah, the final score, we were really, it felt like we were in it, but at the same time, we couldn't put together things and we're just so far away at the same time. I don't, I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. No, yeah, no, it, it, um, it totally makes sense. It's yeah. The big thing, big storyline, I think that everybody sees from it is the total yards. Our defense allowed 603 yeah. 
total yards. Um, 463 of those were passing. Um, and it's it was unknown because Utah Tech's quarterback, Victor Gabal, started the season off as the third-string guy. Um, got in after Kobe Tracy had a concussion against us in the first game. And he's just been uh, clicking now and had really just tore us up on Saturday yeah, and in the secondary, which is Utah Tech has say. been unpredictable this year because they've started like four different quarterbacks. They started Tracy, they started uh, Gabalas, they started Boone Abbott, a transfer from Hawaii. Um, they literally started everyone. Like they they go to the student body and hand them a jersey and say, "Hey, you're starting at quarterback for us now." Uh, you know, it's just like that. But just video game numbers by Gabalis, uh, Quail Conley. They're starting running back, 168 yards on the ground, one touchdown, and then you know both their top receivers, Ricky Johnson, nine receptions, 200, 277 yards, and three touchdowns, and then also Joey Hobart as well. Um, which he played with Gabalis at Washington State before both these guys met up again here at Utah at, at Utah Tech, but uh, yeah, it's just a humbling game for you know the offense and the defense in that we need you know to not underestimate anyone, especially you know on any given day, one team can can be better than the other in football. And even I'll even say this, I don't want to give him too harsh of a time, but even on special teams, I think they had the edge. Utah Tech's kicker hit a 55-yard field goal, which is, oh yeah, record breaker, um, absurd stat that was just nuts to see. And it was right at that p- point in the second quarter where I felt like we were kind of fighting back. It was 19 to 17. Um, we got a stop, forced a fourth down, and they were near their freaking logo. And Brooksby, uh, Connor Brooksby, pulls up and hits. A fifty-five-yarder. Fifty-five. You mean Justin just Tucker? They had Justin dagger. Tucker in lefty disguise. Justin, Justin Tucker. Yeah. 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 They had, <laughs> they had Justin Tucker in disguise. That's not fair. They cheated. Yeah. They cheated. So, I think like a big thing for our team this year is just slow starts. Like we started what it was. They were up seventeen to three to start the game, and I know that's something that uh, Coach Fitz has talked about. Like even just slow starts to each drive, right? Because. He's talked about the struggle of first down plays and how it kind of impacts the rest of our drives that we're having out there, and it's it's been a tough start for everything. Yeah, I I agree. It's we have a tough time coming out and kind of giving it um, two teams. Uh, usually rebound in the second half, um, but didn't really do that. I'd also like to mention be, just because I'm a little PO'd from it. Um, there are couple of calls from referees down there that were give your feelings Seth that were pretty give bad the one that pisses me off the most is Utah Tech's receiver catches a ball gets tackled obviously fumbles it Rod Ward picks up the ball starts running has so much daylight ahead of him um, and they blow it dead when he's at the 10 yard line say so he was down you look at the replay, some people can debate either side, but it was an obvious fumble and should have been given to us. And it would have been a crucial, crucial turnover for us. Um, so there's one. There are a couple others, but just officiating was I, – I hate saying that because I know there's, I sound like, oh, the officials did this, but there are a couple bad. When, there, when there's there. calls like that, like it's just you have to talk it's, about it. It's right? egregious, like, yeah. Like, it's just one of those calls, and 
people will be like, oh, well, like you said, oh, you're complaining about fishing, oh, you lost. No, it's just we know the rules too, right? Mm-hmm. They have the, especially on turnovers, the ability to look at replays, and they did, and they still didn't make the call that we felt is correct. Yeah. Overall, just tough, but now we head into senior <laughs> senior day um, against Lincoln College. They're from Oakland, California. Lincoln University, Oakland, California. They're, I'm assuming they they're D2. D- D2, D3. Yeah. I believe they're D2 slash D3, so I think uh, they play in between both. <laughs> so the reason we're playing this game, too, is because obviously – Earlier in the season, um, Stephen F, not Stephen F, uh, Sam Houston made the decision to leave, and so did Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're having to play this game, but it should be should be a good uh, game for the Thunderbirds to come back and yeah. hopefully put up a good performance for our seniors. And the last home game of the season on a good point, you know, and and go and kick Lincoln's butt and hand them the game check at the end of it and say. Here you go. <laughs> we we should blow them out. Oh, yeah. I really hope the guys actually go out there and just – because I'm sure they're as fed up as, like, fans are kind of with just kind of the all the close endings to each oh, game. Oh, yeah. I mean, this week is, like, the f- biggest loss we've had since playing, playing Pac-12 Utah. Like, oh, so, yeah. It like, hurts. And something to look at with um, Lincoln, they're 2-7 and seven on the year. So – that kind of tells you all you need to know. The one cool um, thing I'd like to say is Gary Payton is their men's basketball head coach. Yes, what? I found I found that out when uh, I was sick. I was like, let me look at their men's basketball se- section, and it was announced. I saw one of the main articles, Gary Payton is head coach, and I was like, huh, that's pretty dang cool. That's awesome, but yeah, should be pretty pretty a uh, good day. We're honoring twelve seniors that I think we should shout out to. Francis Bemi, a uh, defensive lineman who's been an absolute dog for us for years and years um, on end. Trey Kane, a uh, defensive back that transferred um, earlier this year. Austin Ewing, uh, Jake Girardi. Oh, we're going to miss Jake Girardi oh so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, he, he's a senior? He's a senior. Oh, that hurts my heart. I'm a tough. huge <laughs> fan of his. He's the he's like the SU like, darling this year. Like, mm. everyone – who knows SU football has talked about Girardi, not yep. Miller, not you know Isaiah Wooden's been in that in that discussion throughout, but literally Jake Girardi is like the SU football like man crush this year <laughs> on the team. <laughs> Everyone loves him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have Girardi, we have Brennan Hutchins, um, Clayton Johnson, Justin Mitchell, Jake Narayan, Mitch Price, who transferred down here from BYU and has been. A staple in that secondary of ours, Dylan Smith, um, Beaver native, uh, had some had some good performances here for the Thunderbirds. Zach Strand, who came with Coach Fitz from Frostburg State, and then Jason Thomas, our safety. Um, gotta give uh, a shout out to all of them and just give them thanks for everything they've done for SU football throughout um, their time here. Yeah, and. To be fair, the ones that have been here before, they have endured a lot of, a lot of just oh stuff yeah. in general. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Guys, if you listen to this, you probably have your COVID year still. <laughs> Use that. <laughs> run it back next year. I don't know if I can. Can I say that or? What if they don't? 
They probably don't. It, when they though? No. When they have their code year? There might it just be. depends on when they entered into the yeah. system. Yeah. They might be. I thought every athlete was given a COVID year they once do, that COVID season have hit. Used it, it just also depends already. on like what class they were already in gotcha. heading into that. Like if they were gotcha. like if they were junior, right, they would be already they they wouldn't have any more eligibility left now at this point. Yeah. So like juniors yeah. anybody junior and above in classification. No longer have the COVID year. Okay. Okay. But if you guys happen to have it, run it back with us next year. It's going to be a big year. I expect big things out of Coach Fitz in his second year. Coach Fitz is an awesome guy. He sometimes you just catch him walking around campus, and he will strike up a conversation with about just anyone. Such a cool guy. For sure. So now we getting into basketball? Yeah, basketball season started, and... Should probably started off with the women's because they started it. Well, both men's and women's played on Monday. Both of them played the University of New Mexico or New. Yeah, yep, yeah. University New, Mexico, New Mexico Lobos. The Lobos. We'll just say yeah, the Lobos. The men traveled. Women were at home, and the women put on a show. Wow! 100%. So it was such a good game. That was a great game. Um, we'll just let Anthony talk about that because you. Covered the whole game. Yeah, I called the game for Thunder 91.1, the SU's radio station, and it was such a good, good game Um, all throughout. You know, our Thunderbirds kept it close, and I mean close. They were never – I don't think they even got down 10 at once. They were – I think they were down by six or eight. I think that was the biggest – I think that was the biggest margin of of the lead for New Mexico throughout the game, and – you know, at halftime they're down by five. I had this little gut suspicion that things were going to turn wrong quickly if they couldn't get it, couldn't, couldn't get the ship in the right direction. And in the second half, Lizzie Williamson, Tamika Johnson, uh, Tamika Whitman, not Johnson, Tamika Whitman. <laughs> we can include Samantha Johnson and Johnson in there as well. They all just came out swinging and just outpaced, out hustled the Lobos. And you know, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest wins in the AFEC because New Mexico basketball in men's and women's has just been a staple around the country and especially in the state of New Mexico. If you go down to New Mexico, everyone's a Lolo fan. Like the Aggies, New Mexico State University, the Aggies are like the true redheaded redhead uh, stepchild of college basketball down there. No one cares about them much. It's all about the Lobos. Like I think the governor approved like a $10 million renovation at the pit and decline New Mexico State's offer to <laughs> like to rebuild their arena or something That's like that. Classic. Like they put like government funds into the pit instead of the other university as well. I heard that somewhere around, but um, legit, it's just such a huge win for the program that you defeat New Mexico for sure. And like coming into this, New Mexico's coming off a season where they were twenty six and ten. Overall. It was their best record in over twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Mike Bradbury, their head coach, has led them to like three straight twenty-one seasons. Mm-hmm. When I was looking at it. They have so many talented people. Yeah, on that team, and I was, I was so impressed yeah. by our by yeah. our girls. Tamika obviously came out and kind of just she asserted the, her she, dominance. She, I should she say. just had the keys that game. Honestly, yeah, yeah. she twenty points, twelve rebounds. 
just all over the place, getting offensive boards, hustling. Oh, yeah. Absolutely swatting the crap out of some of the New Mexico Key states. block in the late end uh, of the third girls. quarter. Just, you know, one of the Lobos player three-point line launched up a three, and Tamika, just like Michael Jordan, just jumped up, swatted that thing midair. Like and was, that was one of the loudest that's blocks I've ever yeah. heard. And that was, oh, yeah. Uh, I was stand- so – I was courtside with uh, one of our professors and stuff, so the b- the shot was probably five feet from me, like the shot attempt itself, and it was one of the loudest things I've ever heard, and I've played a lot of basketball, and she just swatted the crap out of the ball. Yeah, yeah she she's shown why she's such a, such a dominant force and is going to fit really well with this group. Um, Lizzie Williamson, too, also. Huge. We talked about it. 19 minutes. points on 9 of 10 shooting. Yeah. 13 rebounds and three blocks. One thing about Lizzie's game that I really noticed that has kind of developed this offseason, she is down in the paint, making a lot of layups and stuff, but she also kind of extended a little bit. And she was shooting some, a lot of mid-range. And some jumpers, which we mm-hmm. didn't see last year. She has, like, those 10-footers now, yeah, which is nice. which is so nice to see and would be such a huge asset um, for us going on in the season if we can have her be a presence. Um, yeah. From 10 feet and from different areas. Dela, also got to mention her. Dela. Can't forget about uh, Dela. 18 points and five assists. Perfect from three-point so land. And all deep th- threes. Those, all those three-pointers she made were very crucial in the outcome of the game. It was in very like close situations. It wasn't at the end of the game where New Mexico kind of gave, gave up and it was hustling down the court to just get points. This was middle of the game. Game on the line. We're talking two, three-point margins, and she just launched up these deep threes. We're not talking at the line. We're talking, like, five feet back from the line. We're talking downtown type of style. Yeah, Steph Curry type of range and Mm -hmm. just nailed it every single time. For sure. It was was awesome to see. I think we also also just – I think we out-physicaled them and kind of dominated them down low. Um, The big stat that shows that – 54 rebounds to the New Mexico's 32 Huge and 44 rebounds. points <clears throat> in the paint. Yeah, to New Mexico's 30. You know, I'm a little bit stat nerd so I was doing stats before I was, you know, looking at national stats from last year. New Mexico was top 25 in the nation in rebounds last year, which and we out-rebounded them. Granted, SU last year was also a great rebounding team. We were top 25 in rebounds per game. But overall rebounds, we weren't even in the top 50 of that range. So to out-rebound a top 25 rebounding team, especially in the Mountain West Conference, is such a huge victory for this squad. So big, and it's really going to light a fire on them, going under them, going into the rest of the games this week. And tonight. Well, we have one tonight. Tonight. Yes, first Benedict Mesa. Against Benedict Mesa. Mm -hmm. uh, they are a D3 program. First time we've ever matched up with them. Um, and should be <laughs> preseason Should game. be a pretty simple preseason game. Uh, Everyone's going to get playing time us. tonight. So <laughs> They have a couple of girls that showed out in their opener. One girl, last name Jordan, scored 22. Haven Jordan scored Haven. 23 points in the win uh, over yeah. Ottawa University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Not Ottawa, Canada. Ottawa, yeah. Arizona. Um, they have put together a pretty good performance in their opening yeah. game, um, but they will uh, they'll have to run into kind of a buzzsaw tonight in us. And then we'll also go on to play uh. WCC 
uh, champions from last year, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah, that's going to be a fun in game. In Gonzaga. <laughs> going up to the kennel. Yeah, is that what they call it, the kennel? Mm-hmm. That's the seriously? nickname of their arena, the I kennel. Know that. The kennel. That's, that's the nickname. like, really sick. Um, yeah. In Spokane, Washington. In, yeah. Or Oregon. In or Washington. Washington, Washington. <laughs> yeah, goodness. Same thing, same spot. It's a basically. northern state on uh, the coast, and Pacific Northwest. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Gonzaga was, for those of you who followed women's college basketball um, last year, Gonzaga was a pretty strong force. Um, upset BYU in the WCC tournament. Went to the NCAA tournament, got an opening round win against Nebraska, and then ended up falling to Louisville, who went to the Final Four. So. Pretty pretty solid competition that yeah. the Thunderbirds will be facing. Um, they return a lot of girls too. They're returning two sisters. Um, the tree, I I'm gonna butcher their names. <laughs> so freaking bad, dude. Uh, the True Young sisters, who were both top three in scoring for them last year. Um, I believe they both averaged around 11 or 10 a game. That's crazy. Uh, we're facing another set of sisters. Yeah. In New Mexico, we face the Duff sisters, Latasha and Latora Duff, and they were ballers. They were straight out balling uh, for New were. Mexico against us. Now, that's not fair. We face another set of sisters. I know. Ugh. It's, it's going to be tough, and, yeah, going to be a very difficult game to go up there and play against them because they are predicted to win the WCC again. Um they have not played a game as of yet. They'll play tomorrow, but it, it'll be a pretty pretty good test for us and a good learning experience for us to go up there and play a team of that caliber. And we'll jump into men's now. Yeah. Yeah. So men's kind of it was it was a really good game. Honestly, we weren't able to watch much of it, but I promise you, I had the game cast going. I was watching every single. <laughs> little thing that came through uh and they kind of just started off slow and as they do as our sports just seemingly does like it doesn't matter what team just we start slow as a school and uh they kind of just couldn't get back with from that they basically match point for point after like the first five minutes of the game and everything else like that but they came close a few times. They were thin, I think, four a few times uh, in the final minute, but they, they just the possessions didn't lie, like add up or line up for them to actually take the lead. And that was a great team as well. Very, very good team in uh, New Mexico. The guy that led the way for us, um, Tevian Jones, really kind of just put the whole team on his back, it seemed like, um, yeah. scoring 28. Eight points um, on 10 of 19 shooting and six from 12 from three uh, point land. Um, Ted was doing his thing. We were talking about it a little earlier. I got to catch like the last couple minutes and Tev kept us, kept us in that. He had two or three just bank shot threes where he's pulling up from ungodly range kind of. Logo. And... <laughs> Uh, to keep us in it, uh, he had a very, very good performance, and we're going to need that going down the stretch. Um, Mason Fawcett also had 12 uh, rebounds. and He really picked it up in the second yeah, half, I will say, because Mays did start, I believe it was like 1 of 8 or 1 of 9, mm-hmm. and he ended over 50%, so it really showed like 
he really stepped it up in that second half, but the first half kind of was just it was hard for them to it was, really just get it's going the first, as a team. Yeah, it's yeah. the first game of the season. Been playing each other in practice the entire time. It was different, but he did he did recover, had 13 points, also had D and Amond. Uh, Amond had nine, and D had eight. But Mexico's a very good team, Yeah. and if I'm Coach Simon, I know I'm pissed because we probably have a lot of things we need to fix, and we lost the game, but that's a pretty solid thing to go down there and do um, to a team of Mexico's caliber. Yeah, and I'll mention this with New Mexico also having one of the best home court advantages over the past, like, two centuries, basically, down at the pit. Um, yes, you did lose. Yes, your record is 0-1. You know, that's going to be in the record books, record books this year. But take the moral victory of an eight-point loss in the pit when probably all of New Mexico – was saying, who the heck is Southern Utah University? It's gonna <laughs> like, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, this is like a money game. This is like a D two school down somewhere, you know. But um, you know, you know, an eight point loss in the pit, take the moral victory here that you guys almost, you know, gotta win the pit, which is rare for any program to do. What's their win percentage there? Isn't it like ninety three? It's like eighty eight. It's easily ninety plus. It's yeah. easily ninety plus percent win it's, percentage. It's in the just pit. a ridiculous win percentage. I think they're under, still under under a hundred losses, and they've had that arena forever. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we have men's basketball. There, they'll have a game uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Thursday. Thursday versus Laverne. Right. Yep. Yeah. Laverne. Uh, should be a pretty good way to open up the home se- home season for us. Uh, <laughs> the history cool. between these two schools, we've only met once before, and that was in December 2015. Oh. We yeah. beat them 105 to 85, and then mentioning St. Catherine, which is the next game after Laverne, we're three and zero against them all time. Mm. So a little bit, you know, while back we played Laverne, and now they're. Back up here in Cedar City. Yeah, so it's going to be kind of a get-right-quick kind of a weekend for us. Um, a lot of games. A lot of games. <laughs> a lot of games. All over the place. Uh, but men's basketball should be able to kind of figure some things out, um, make some adjustments um, from New Mexico, and get back on the right track before. I mean, it's nice, right? They have two home games yeah. to finish off their week here. Yeah. Three total coming up, but we'll get into that next weekend. But there are yeah. some big opponents coming up next weekend. Yes. Oh yes. So, with that cliffhanger, I think we have cross cross yeah, country. Cross touch on that. So yeah. cross country is the NCAA Mountain Regional. So the top teams from this will go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Thunderbirds have been synonymous with going to the NCAA tournament. I don't know how many of the top teams qualify. Out of that, but I know the last couple of years the Thunderbirds have passed through the Mount mm-hmm. Mount Regional with ease, so it shouldn't be nothing new. We're facing likes of BYU, Northern Arizona, Utah Valley, New Mexico, uh, you name it. They'll probably be there um, at the Mount Regionals, and that is about it. Good luck to cross country this weekend at the Mount Regionals, and hopefully we can have another uh, tournament. NCAA tournament appearance, either as team wise, individual wise. You know, Allison Prey last year was the 
wasn't she was the lone individual on the female side yeah. to make the NCAA tournament. And she finished like in the top twenty. She was fifteenth. Yeah, she finished fifteenth out of how many girls go to the cross country uh, national tournament. And that's just that's amazing. You know, that's amazing. Uh, she accomplishment feet, yeah. right there so rip she's gone good luck uh, she did a lot of great things for us um mm-hmm. yeah cross they're gonna be able to do some very good things oh, yeah uh coach will has them going in the right direction heading into this week i believe that's all for the thundercast today thank you for listening and making us a part of your day for me anthony colosuno chevy blackburn and seth whitehouse we are out of here and goodbye <laughs>